welcome to this guy are sick today i'm being joined by chris with a k the lady way wagwan and your boy jake hola buddies and i am obviously sam valentine and we got a very special one actually we've been thinking of doing this episode for a lot since we first started over two years ago we've talked about doing an episode on this that I actually had to go back and check we hadn't. So I thought we would have done as well. Yeah. We, t- we touched on it briefly, but I not think, as a whole episode. I think that's what happened. There were multiple episodes where we spent 20 minutes talking about the subject that we felt like we, we'd already felt like we'd done it, but no, so we haven't. So today we are dedicating a whole episode to probably the greatest MMO you can possibly play on the market, if I say so myself. Yeah, oh, I'd agree. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, A Realm Reborn. Not the original fourteen, and we can touch on that too. Yeah, well, so the 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 fucking first round of it was so bad that it almost tanked the entirety of the fucking game. Like, if if, if it weren't for the fact that they took it off and effectively rebuilt it from the ground up, it wouldn't be where it is today. No, and and it's it's a success story for Square Enix. It's actually one of the biggest success stories they've had over the past ten years. Is fourteen? The weird thing is. Go Yoshi P. Eleven. Yeah, boy. I I played eleven on the Xbox 360. That's how long ago it was, and I could never get into eleven because my internet was not good enough for me to be able to play for more than about forty minutes at a time. I my my internet at the time was fucking dial up. I couldn't play games on it. I was living in this this flat complex where actually I was renting rooms. So it was like a flat and it had multiple rooms rented by different people. The people that owned it wouldn't have an internet for everyone to use. So I used to have to play it on a dongle. <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox 360 didn't have built-in Wi-Fi, no. So I had to have this fucking thing. I've still got it. Cable, wasn't it? Yeah, it's same still, as the PS2. It, it, well, it was like a box that you had to plug into the back with yeah. a little antenna I've, off. The, the, the 360, I'm pretty sure you could plug an Ethernet cable into as well. But if you wanted or needed wireless, you needed that yeah, little fucking so I, wireless I, adapter. Oh, the one that plugs I've, into the USB. Yeah, yeah, I've still got that actually so, on my 360. <laughs> so I, because I had to use a dongle, I needed to plug the dongle into a laptop, fire it up, and then connect the 360 wirelessly to the dongle and it would never last because one dongles were fucking expensive like i was paying 50 quid for internet yeah and i never i didn't have any limits on it but every now and then it would just fucking drop out of nowhere and to play games on it i could play doritos crash course (laughs) i could play some first person shooters but to play an mmo on it was not good just not a thing and i probably played 40 hours of it in total which is a lot but this is considering that I could probably get an hour out of it a day before my because in- it was also timed. So like I would notice at like five o'clock till nine o'clock the internet would be dog shit. Whereas in the day it was better. And then later in the evening it was better. So I'd have to like go, Well, I'm home from work early at half past three, fuck it, I'm gonna jump on now and play for an hour. Then I know I'm not playing it again till tomorrow. So it kinda went like that. And eleven was a, a success, but not as big a success as fourteen. And this is probably because of the state of MMOs at the time. I think WoW was yeah. the biggest Wow, WoW was just dominating. WoW had celebrities involved. They're fucking Ozzy Osbourne in yeah. their adverts. Like, WoW had just taken nana. over. While before WoW, if you were to look at Warcraft as a brand, Warcraft 1, 2, and 3, and you were to look at Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy is a bigger brand. Yeah. But WoW changed all of that. And I don't know about now. I don't it's know. It's launched them, really. It really, like, it, it really. It became their flagship and hasn't really changed. No, no it's still no. Blizzard's flagship, apart from yeah. Overwatch, maybe. I think Overwatch I has know, probably overtaken well now for them. I don't know how Only big recently, still... though, really. Well, I, I would just say financially, it's taken over for them. I suppose. Now, Blizzard also, Activision Blizzard, they're not two separate companies, and they've got Call of Duty. So, WoW really isn't their biggest franchise well, no, anymore, right? No. But, like, with WoW, though, 
it was a huge thing. It was like the the biggest of that type, and probably the first that was the way that it was, which is what really made a lot of MMOs step up to what that is. It came in with lots of lore because you'd had three previous games yeah. that were good games. Warcraft 3, I still rate as a fucking really good game. Uh, not so much this remaster that's apparently a piece of dog shit. No, I wouldn't bother with but it. But the original Warcraft 3, I, I really enjoyed and really, really liked. So it came into it with a lot of lore. So Eleven would have done the same. I don't know why Eleven never well, took off that's the way... The See, 11, 11 does the same as a lot of Final Fantasies, where you've got a baseline lore idea where a lot of Final Fantasies have. Like, they'll have the summons in whatever form that they've got them. So you've got, like, the Espers or the uh, the Aeons or, you know, the various different versions of all the summons and things. Yeah. And 11 would have had that as its baseline. Um, you know, they'll be stuck... Because oh, I never played 11, but look like crystals and shit will be in there as well. Yeah. But... It's like all the other Final Fantasies, where you come into a completely new story experience and lore based around the Final Fantasy core. Yeah, well, I suppose Warcraft is on the same timeline as the previous Warcraft games. Yeah. So original Warcraft fans would have jumped on it. Most WoW players aren't fans of the original Warcraft games, which is why they jumped on the fact of that when they made that bullshit movie. Yeah. Because oh, I think it was off Warcraft One, maybe. I, can't I remember. don't know. One of the stories. It wasn't. It wasn't World of Warcraft movie. It was Warcraft. Oh, I've yeah. just heard how the law goes, and I refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> and it was. It was based on one of the previous games, and they thought they were going to continue a fucking trilogy. But the problem is, when they released that, the shine was off of WoW. It was not as big as it was, and the, the film was boring. It didn't help the expansion before it was absolutely dog shit. Fucking hell. The amount of people... Was it Zendikar or Azeroth? Oh, Zendikar's Battle Magic the Gathering. Well, the, the, the expansion uh, was Battle Legion. for Azeroth. It was Legion as well. The amount of World of Warcraft refugees that jumped from WoW to 14. With, with WoW, I'm pretty sure... Because I didn't play it long term. I tried it, played it for a while, just couldn't get, couldn't get on with it. And, like... I think the healer logic in that one is you just heal. You don't do anything but healing. You heal, you heal. If you're doing you're anything not, you're else, you're doing it wrong. You're not expected to DPS at the same time. Whereas 14 is different. As someone who's played both, I stopped playing before the Kung Fu Panda expansion <laughs> came out. <laughs> when WoW hit that huge popularity, I had recently moved, moved back to my hometown. I'd lived out of my hometown for about two, three years. So when I came back, I made these all new friends and they fucking loved WoW. And I would go to parties and I would sit there and they would just talk about WoW. And I'd be bored as fuck. So I started hating the game. I started going, fuck this fucking bull... Like, fuck WoW. Fuck this. Can we talk about something else? You boring cunts. And they're not talking about the lore, which I could join in in. Because I, just I was a talking huge about fan of game. fucking Warcraft 3. They were just talking about, on this raid, you can do this, this, and this. And if you do this... And, it, and I was like, fuck, I can't join in. But not only can I join in, this is not an entertaining conversation for me. Read a fucking strategy guide. If you need that shit. Well, that's that's the thing. There, there's fucking videos, there's text documents, all sorts of shit all over the place, which tell you how to do the mechanics of the harder fights and what you get. You don't need to discuss that because it's all there. But where, where 14 really fucking excels, e even before, even when it was 14 and not around Reborn, the lore is where it excels. And that shit is so well done in 14 that like that's where a lot of love for it comes from well, this is why i'm excited for the netflix 14 series mm. oh yes because it is going to be based on the original 14 before everyone lost their memory and 
yeah. the war and everything happened to, I wish to kick off a realm it. reform. I wish but, they'd redo the story as like a almost like a flashback storyline. But the fact that we're going to be able to watch it is going to be cool. 14 oh, yeah, is the calamity. Sure. So. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. I, like The 14 story before A Realm Reborn and it was redone, they they allude to it. They talk about it. They reference it a lot. Yes. And Especially in the first Realm Reborn story. It does get referenced later and while I am not as up to date as as both of you are in the first parts of a, a realm reborn all the way through it it's referenced all the fucking time yeah, it's very <laughs> what the fuck happened bahamut bahamut yeah. happens and i'd it, like it's also I'd referenced like, like who are you like what were you and it's like you were one of the people that were trying to fight at the end like maybe like you still don't fully know who you are it's just hinted that that's who you are that's why you are a warrior of light but that's that's the unfortunate thing because i was never able to play the original 14 because i'm pretty sure that was only pc you couldn't do that on the consoles um and i was nowhere near having a good pc at the time but if you played original 14 and then got onto a realm reborn you had a different introduction to everybody else you effectively had a legacy introduction which is is pretty good it's it's not far like superior or anything it's just a cutscene at the beginning right but none of us played og 14 and i don't know if it i think we need to wait for this netflix whatever tv show whoever's got the rights for it last i heard netflix were interested but i don't know the if the ink was dry on the contract or not yet yeah we we do have to address that it was a complete an utter fucking failure. Yeah, it was apparently it was buggy, like a lot of the mechanics didn't work. The fucking graphics had been just absolutely the fucking FPS drops were awful. Yeah, like every everything about it just suggests that everything for the game itself didn't work. The yeah. only thing that was any good was just the lore. Apparently graphically it didn't look that much better than 11. But, but no, then 11 was a polished game that worked, right? As someone who did play 11 Graphically, 11, wasn't 11, well, for the time, at the time it was, was good, good. But, yeah. but compared and to 14 now, it worked on consoles as good. well, which is another, yes. another thing. Uh, we, I think it may have even been the first MMO on consoles. I can't think of another MMO before 11 that had ever come out on consoles before. It's oh, Fantasy Star Online. That would have just been on Dreamcast. Dreamcast like. yeah. I, I don't think the Fantasy Star Online one... Oh, no, it would be on an MMO, Dreamcast. actually. It was yeah. an MMO on a Dreamcast. Very, played very differently to most MMOs. It was more of an action game. Technically, Fantasy Star Universe, I suppose. So roughly about the same time, you had Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast, and on PS2, you had EverQuest and Final Fantasy XI. Uh, EverQuest, I always fucking forget I didn't realise EverQuest was available on consoles. Only in North America. So one of the um, like recommended things online for, the, for that search was Dead MMOs. First one, World of Warcraft. Oh, man. I went back to it because... He went back to it. No, no, to to um he yeah you could do the refer a friend thing and you get like a month free if you accept the invite. He did that for me when Battle for Azeroth came out. Might have been Warlords. And you have an option to basically boost your character to level ninety and play around with it straight away. I went fuck it. I'll take the invite, play around with it, and went to play the class I've played since Classic. I went. They have completely fucking fucked this over. That is a that is a worry with. MMOs and 14 has changed a lot of aspects of the gameplay. But for me, they changed a lot of aspects for the gameplay for the better. Yeah, I'd agree. So we've we've got a little brief history of, you know, 11 was, while not the biggest financial success, was critically beloved by oh, fans. Very people popular. still play it now. Very oh, yeah, because they, they brought it back and they're actually doing new content for it now. Yeah, there's even there's even a classic 
there's even a hint coming from Square of like a mobile classic version, and I might jump on that. I probably yeah, would. Same. I mean, you look at MMOs on mobile like Genshin Impact. That's fucking huge. Whether people like it or not, and whether there's any other issues with it, there's it plenty works of issues well. With it. There's plenty so. of issues with it, but still. And like the fact that you can do that on phones nowadays, stuff with graphics that high end it's is insane. Fucking incredible. It's insane. Stepping back onto fourteen a little bit, like one of the things that I'm actually very impressed with when it came to Around Reborn is I've heard that MMOs on consoles have not controlled very well because they're not optimized to play on a console. But the difference with fourteen is it is so well optimized for console that there's almost no reason to play one over the other. The the control system on console is very, very adaptable to a point that Assassin's Creed Odyssey took element for your special like, attack system. Like how you map it, out the controllers. Yeah, it plays so fucking similar to, to A Realm Reborn in that aspect for a fucking action game. And no other action game had done what Odyssey has done. E- even the new one hasn't got that many options and controls. And when I started playing Odyssey, it was like, this reminds me of 14 on console. And I think that's why RPG players love that game as well. Like, Odyssey is the, is the Assassin's Creed for RPG fans. You know? Probably why they made Immortals. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but like, it, it, it is at the point where you can be part of a full-on raid group doing the high-end content on a console. And still be very good. And there are some PC players. I mean, a couple of the guys in my raid group do actually use controls on a pc they will they will hook up their controller map it out the same as it would be a console because it's just easier in a lot of cases that's how they find it more intuitive for them i've been a pc player since i was a kid my first real computer was a pc like my first games console Hmm. was a pc i used to use mouse and keyboard i prefer a controller over mouse and keyboard on everything i do yeah I know a lot of people don't, and a lot of people, oh, you don't, you can't be very good at fucking first-person shooters if you're doing that. I'm like... Uh, people should have seen what? us when we played Destiny, eh? Fucking hell. just like fucking sitting there. I fucking hate that. Directional controls on a fucking keyboard, hotkeys, and a mouse. I, I actually don't like that gameplay, and that's what I grew up on. You know, I grew up using directional keys like, um, and a mouse to play Magic Carpet. Keyboard and mouse is how I play Fire Fantasy fourteen. And the amount of times I've fucked up a fight because I've not pressed one button to change my hotbar. So I swapped from my healing bar to my attacking bar. Why am I just... Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was yeah. whereas on console, it's the shoulder buttons that do all that for you. Yeah, because yeah, you hold your L or R1 on the PlayStation, for example, and you press either one of the direction buttons or, you know, uh, shape buttons, and it changes which hotbar you're playing with. And then you hold your... Uh, triggers, whichever one, for whichever side of the hotbar you're using, and you just choose your face button to do what you're going to do. And like that might sound a bit confusing, but, but when you're actually playing, you look at it. It's if you're, used, fuck. If you're yeah. used to playing fighting games, for example, and stringing along combos, it won't yeah. take you long to understand because basically you use it the same way you would combos, just a lot slower. Basically, and like there's a lot of there's a lot that can be said as to the way it works that is very similar to the ATB, but almost simpler. Because you don't have to pick out the abilities from each drop-down menu into a new menu. Brought me to something that's been on my mind the whole time. Yeah. There's a schism in the Final Fantasy fan base of people who, and I kind of agree with them to a point, and we'll get to that, who say, why are these numbered? And I agree, maybe MMOs, because they're a completely different thing, 
could just be called Final Fantasy Online 1 and 2. But they're not, and we can't fucking change that now. But there are people who will repeat that over and over and over. I played every Final Fantasy apart from 11 and 14. We haven't played all of them then. Well, yeah. You know? And there is such a reluctance. And it's a little bit like Twitter and Facebook and instagram our listenership has been very very good but without being able to me being able to post on facebook for a month it is down yeah without me being able to advertise on facebook because i was zucked our listenership is down by about 20 percent. i've been posting everywhere else instagram but no one else is on it and when you say to people we'll fucking follow us on join our discord we, go on twitter join our discord they refuse and to. they don't do it they just simply do not fucking do it and i i go like listen facebook eventually will kick people like us because we make memes and we 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 are like very fun. honest we're honest and we like fun and we bust each other's balls eventually we will not be able to access this platform eventually we will be trumped out of the platform and everyone else who does what we do will be too and you'll have to come to other platforms but the fact that people aren't willing to jump on another platform now but the disparity between 500 twitter followers versus 8600 facebook followers it's huge it's the, i mean it's it, massive it's a massive disparity and it doesn't matter how many times i say follow us on twitter doesn't matter when I post a video that gets 200 likes and it says on it, make sure to follow us on Twitter to see the videos first because they're all uploaded there a day or two before. People still don't go. Don't bother. Unfortunately, people are stubborn and stuck in their ways and the Final Fantasy fan base is very, very similar where they love Final Fantasy. They've played 1 through 15, but they've skipped the MMOs and even trying to persuade them to play 14 is hit with, fuck it, I don't like MMOs. Fuck, I don't like MMOs. I don't really like MMOs. 14 is still a good game. Like, Apart from the occasional mission, you don't have to play 14 like an MMO, because there are very... Well, there's obviously fights where you have to have other players with you. Most of them, you don't really have to bother with interacting with other people. The majority of the game, you yeah. are on your own. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, I've, I've been playing it for quite a while now. I have over 3,300 hours in 14. Fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah. You you can you can go into the game and if you do forward slash playtime, it tells you how long you've been playing. I think it's character specific, not account specific. And on my character that I play, I have a lot of time. It works out at something like 137 actual consecutive days worth of playtime. It's madness. Damn. That's um, a big chunk of a year. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's more than it's more than quarter of a year's worth of playtime wrapped up in one game. So I'm I'm coming from a very I enjoy the game perspective. I don't like playing online a lot because I don't like dealing with fuckboys who think they fucked their my mother. You know. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I I'm don't not like, interested. I, in I'm a single player game. I I've said it before. I like playing with myself. Yeah. I, I love playing with myself. Same. It's the most fun I have. If I want to sit down um, and do something, I'm playing with myself. And, you know, I, I love single-player story-driven games more than anything else. There's nothing yep, else that I love more. Right there with you. So, coming from that personal opinion, I will sit here and fucking defend 14 to the fucking hilt because it's that good a story game. Yes. It's not... A game you have to play as though you'd play online with other games. The story itself is entirely story-driven with your character. You could even imagine it this way. Imagine playing the dot .hack games. Yeah. Where... Uh, where... Oh, Chris is done. All the, all the NPCs act as if there are other players playing the same game as you. Yeah. But they're not. 14 is like that, except that some NPCs are other players. But you don't interact with them 
at all when it comes to the story, apart from certain battles that you have to do with more than one person. Like yeah. raids or some of the bigger fights. Yeah. So you get you get to like the dungeons to progress story, and you'll go in with a, a, a party finder, and it'll find you other people to play with. You don't have to get a group of your friends. That, you don't have to have friends to do it. You'll yeah. go through, you'll do what you're supposed to in the dungeon to get the dungeon done, you play through the story, done. And it's then more you intuitive now as well, where you can play with NPCs, right? Is that, that's so, only in Shadowrun. Only in Shadowrun. So, okay. through A Realm Reborn, Heaven's Ward, and Stormblood, you have to party find for a group. As soon as you hit the beginning of Shadowbringers, the only time you have to search for other players is eight-man big boss fight for story. Like, like yeah. Um, which like primal fights that kind of thing it's a bit like um, in a lot of the other Final Fantasies where you'll suddenly get to one of the big bosses of an area and you have to kick the shit out of them to progress the story that's what those eight man fights are and you obviously use more than the four man team four man dungeons now from Shadowbringers every single four man dungeon you can take a team of the NPC characters into so your characters like Thancred Ishtola Arianje that everyone is aware of as a you know story character you can take them in instead and they will do the mechanics the most powerful mage in the Final Fantasy universe in existence no? (laughs) pretty much no no the the most fuckable mage in existence that too that too that doesn't change how powerful she is it just means that if you disappoint her she might wipe you from existence but you you can take your you can take the NPC team in and they'll do the mechanics and you can actually learn how to do the mechanics of those dungeons with those NPCs and they they have dialogue within those dungeons, which contributes to the story and you know the immersion of what's going on. And there are there is dialogue options if you take certain party members over others. Exactly. So it, you actually get a little bit extra content for doing that. You do, yeah. And it means that you ev- it, it you're forced even less into I have to play with another player. I have to do this with this person. I have to do that. I, I you suppose don't have to do it. that is. While 11 does exist, and again, we mentioned that 11 was not as big a success as 14, it is hard for a franchise like Final Fantasy, which has been single-player driven for the entirety of its run, to then go, now you need to play online, you need to play on other, with mm. others. And I think that leads itself as to why the story is driven the way it is, which is the, probably the biggest selling point of Final Fantasy 14. If you are someone on the fence about it, and I know multiple people like, I do not play MMOs, I hate MMO battle systems, I like traditional turn-based, I like this. There is huge upside to actually to your tastes, to the things that you like in those things. Like, if you like the ATB system, you will like the battle system in 14, because... The hotkeys that charge up, what's the difference between that and waiting for your ATB to charge for your fucking player to be able to actually select their options? That, and it teaches you your class as you go along it, so everything just kind of flows when you get to the end. Well, yeah, because like when you when you first start into the game, you are level one. That is, that is it. You've got like one ability. And you very shit fucking outfit on. Yeah, and you actually do very quickly level up. And especially nowadays, they've streamlined the beginning of the game to make it easier to level up and catch up and to make it, you know, less chaff in the extra mission. I I would say to people who haven't played it with that, with the extra missions, with, with speeding through things as well, once you get to the point where the Scion space is raided, if you are not hooked on the story at that point, maybe you should give up. Because that was a huge turning point for me. And I was like, oh shit. This game that seemed like sort of a friendly, nice Final Fantasy lore thing. 
this just fucking this just did a 180 yeah dark and suddenly got fucking dark and then it doesn't it doesn't let up you're in the shit and you have to meet new people and do new things and it gives you it gives the character a big driving force now because of the way the game is you can actually get to that very very early on yeah if you don't do all the side quests you can rush to that point and, and I would recommend the main it. quest does give you enough XP to get to that without yes. having to go and grind. Yeah. You can grind for other jobs and play other you know classes and things. And unlike a lot of other MMOs, this one doesn't lock you into the one you picked at the start and have to make a new character to play no, others. That, that's the brilliant thing about it. You, you can literally yeah. have every job unlocked and then pick and choose as your yeah. at your yeah, whim. This is a Final Fantasy game where jobs are part of it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like if you don't like running around as a white mage, you can change to a black mage. Yep. If you don't like running around as a warrior, you can change to a paladin. You can change from a paladin to a white mage. You yeah. can do whatever you want. You just start back at level one and have to level those skills up. Yeah, and that's that would be where the grinding side would come in. I mean, again, with the amount of time I've got in. I have played every job to level cap. <laughs> I, I've done... It, the only ones I haven't done it with are the, the gatherers and crafters, because that's a little bit different. Yeah, see, when Interesting I, mechanic. When I, when I played, I maybe leveled up like four to max that yeah. I wanted, because I didn't care. Even stuff like, oh, you can't craft gear, I just buy it, because you can go into the yeah. the board, notice board. I've got the money from, from going through and tanking raids like, that I can just buy it. I've absolutely got the one class to max. The, the current cap is level 80, and all of my all of my actual combat stuff, and like my mages and warriors and everything, all level 80. And from, from the point of view of someone who, you know, really likes different play styles... There is going to be a job out there that every person will enjoy. enjoy. So what would you say, right? So Because I mentioned about like how the battle system isn't far off the ATB. Again, Final Fantasy is such a fucking fractured fan base, and I wish it wasn't. Like it's there is there is arguments between which game is the best. It's seven. You're all wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it now. However, right, there is this fractured thing. Like Certain people hate each other things. I know people who will literally go, you say anything good about Seven, they go, normie tier bullshit. Like, that's the first thing they come out with. And I'm like, motherfucker, what was the first Final Fantasy you played? You've just gone back, like most people have, and played the others, like I have, right? We all had to start somewhere. Not everyone started with one. No. Majority of people didn't start with one. If, if If they started with one, they're at least 50 years old. (laughs) The majority of people, when they talk about the first Final Fantasy they played, it, it's very simple. It's it's seven, six, eight, or nine. Yeah. Or ten. And then you have the players who go 15 that are new to the franchise completely. Yeah. So there is a big fracture because obviously there is up until 13 where it was mostly tactical. Then there's after 13, which is an MMO and an action game. And then you have 7R, which is also an action, an action game. game. There are fans who hate anything action-based in Final Fantasy. The only, like, turn-based, ATB-style gameplay. There are fans who only like 15 and 7R, who think the others are slow and boring and sluggish because of the battle system. It is a shame. There are also the ones who fucking hate MMOs. So just on just on gameplay, there are three options of people. There are three types of Final Fantasy fan on gameplay alone action atb and mmo without breaking which one they like the most i like fantasy elements more no i like sci-fi elements more there's all What's the- wrong with liking both yeah the the truth always lies somewhere in the middle it's all of it is good 
in various different ways and you're allowed to enjoy each, each of them equally. I think the one that gets the biggest hate out of all of them is 14 being an MMO. I don't think, I, can see I can't that. think of any other Final Fantasy where there is a high level of ignorance towards the gameplay like there is with 14. And it is ignorance because they haven't played it. Yeah. They're like and, and we can't say 8 because it's not ignorant. People have played it and still hate it. Like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I I could phone someone right now, get them on the phone and say, "Why won't you play 14?" and they would go don't play MMOs, and that's the that's the that's the extent of their argument. One one of the one of the arguments I have heard from a lot of people is, I don't want to pay the sub. Now I can to some degree understand that. But I will pay for a season pass. There's no there's no reason that that should be an argument because you can play all the way up to the end of the first expansion completely free. Yep. Completely. You you can trial all the way up to level sixty. Out of 80, and the first half of the story, completely free. Because there will be people that tried in the past, or in the past have gone, ah, fuck it, I'm not paying a sub. And when, Like I said, when I first started playing the game, I had a month free. And I did everything in base Realm Reborn within that month. I was there two weeks off work during that time period as well. I smashed the shit, I smashed the yeah. shit out of it. It was when it first launched, the PS3 version came out. It was when that happened... I was all over it and had the lightning event within that first week. wasn't actually a bad event considering it was 13 related. Yeah, it was, I enjoyed it. <laughs> the 15 event was good. You got you got the car mount and it was the first four, four player seated mount. <laughs> so you could, you could get, just be in the car and just get four, three of your mates just jump in with you and just I fucking just drive around. Outfit. Well, yeah, that's good too. What was cool about the lightning event, what was really cool about it was that it showed us that other Final Fantasies are going to matter in this. So that that's that's actually a really interesting point. So I can say I can go into this without actually spoiling too much of the story. They have stuff from so many other Final Fantasies already in this one. Crossovers alone, they've and done near. thirteen and fifteen. Sorry, and, and eleven and, and near and, and, and near, yeah. yeah. But fi- Final Fantasies alone for crossovers, they've got thirteen and fifteen as and just eleven. and eleven. Yeah, true. And eleven as flat out crossovers. Yeah, like full on. You get interaction with the characters during those crossovers. Gilgamesh turns up in some of the stories. And we all know Gilgamesh is a fucking reality-hopping nutter. He is the same Gilgamesh that's turned up in other things. Kafka is a fucking boss. Yeah, so getting on to that, some of the the other Final Fantasy bosses, you've got X-Death, you've got Kefka, you've got Cloud of Darkness from 3... A bunch of these other characters and, and um, creatures turn up. The original Warrior of Light. The original Warrior of Light. And there is... Well, he is quite a big part, actually, when you think about his role in that. Yeah, I'm not going to say too much about that, because that's a big spoiler fairly towards for something. Race, so. yeah, yeah. But, like, each of these things that turns up, there is a logical and makes-sense argument for why they turn up. It makes sense. There is no reason that you go... Oh, that's a really shitty reason for them to turn up. It's like, no, actually, that's really cool, and it's really cool. And getting like Kefka turning up and then getting a decent boss fight with him, as well as the fact that they've got a, a dancing mad arrangement Ugh. done in fourteen. While while one winged angel is better, fight me. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. Dancing Mad, the arrangement in it's 14, awesome. is really well done. And then in the recent raids and things that they've added, you've got loads of 8 references. You've got, like, Eden from 8. And while 8 wasn't the best Final Fantasy by leaps and bounds, um, the the updated arrangements for the music and everything is 
fucking phenomenal. I mean, their their redo of Force Your Way is just so good. Well, that, that was one of the best tracks in that game. That's, yep. that's who, who's the Soken, right? Who does uh, Soken? Soken. Masayoshi Soken. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I got his signature. <laughs> the, the music, the music in the game is fucking is amazing, right? Creatively, the creative direction of fourteen. Oh, right? fucking Na- Naoki Yoshida. Yeah. What a fucking lad. Is this isn't someone coming into it? coming into the creation of this game with some sort of ego or arrogance. And I'm not saying that is what Nomura's issue is, <laughs> right? I'm not saying what I'm not it picking is. on anyone, Nomura. However, he has got like an aura about he knows what's right regardless of what anyone else says. This is the same thing with Katasi has a little bit about that about him as well. Yeah. And Toriyama. He also has this element of, well, I did 13 and it was a huge hit in Japan. The rest of the world thinks it sucks, mate. So... <laughs> Fucking hushy gums. Right. <laughs> the thing with Nomura, I don't even think it's ignorance. He's just set in his ways. He's just weird. He's a weird guy. He right? does have some very weird Yoshi P processes. takes on a Final Fantasy game as with 14 especially, as this is not only its own game, this is a celebration of what makes Final Fantasy great. Yeah. I don't think there is anyone else working at Square Enix who has that in their mindset when they create a Final Fantasy game. I don't think they exist there. Well the the other thing about good old Yoshi Not P... Not Sakaguchi left, anyway. But the other good thing about Yoshi P and Creative Business, Business Unit 3 is they don't just go, you're going to have this, deal with it, that's that. They listen to what the fans are saying. They listen to what the feedback is. They're taking on board everything that's said. They're looking at it, and they're, they're constantly making sure they, they take all of that into account yes. as they're doing things. They look at something as like, if something wasn't received well, they look into why it wasn't received well. They, they, they've they looked at the, the various issues people have with Stormblood and gone, okay, why didn't they like it? What didn't they like? And Stormblood is considered the worst of the expansions. So they went from Stormblood being the worst expansion so far... To Shadowbringers being one of the fucking best. Emmett Selk isn't a villain that you suddenly go, he's a bastard and I just hate him. You he has his reasons. Yeah. I'm not saying that's always the best way to do a villain. Sometimes a pure prick is a great villain. Yeah. One of my favourite villains of all time... In context. Is, ...is the Kurgan from the original Highland. He's just a fucking asshole. He's just a rapey, evil, badass... He will fuck most people up. He's, he, yeah. he's, he's, he's rock solid. He's hard as fuck. He knows he is, at that point, the toughest of the immortals. He rapes and pillages and enjoys it. He's mentally unstable, but not in a joker. Ha ha ha, very funny. As in the fact that he has no empathy for anyone other than his own personal gain. I like that in a villain. I also like a villain I can understand their motives at the same time. I'll say, in the context of the Highlander story, that makes perfect sense for the for the villain to be that yes. way. But then you get into the context of the 14 story. I want you to elaborate on what what he actually is. I want you to elaborate, like not so much his story yet. We will get to that because I think it's I think understanding what he is, what he's. I'm mean, going to use the word race, but that's not right. But what he is is key i think to a lot of people that are on the fence going so big big spoiler really this whole thing so if you are thinking and considering playing it and wanting to find out on your own this is big spoiler warning so emmett selk is an assian so the assians you know jokes aside about you know ass being involved in the name um the assians are an unbroken version of what he almost humanity was there was one one world 
and these beings known as the Asians. Now, there was effectively a cataclysmic event that split the world and destroyed it. And it, it, it split it into 13 shards. Shards? Yes, yeah, so you got 13 shards and one known as the Source, which is almost where everything else began from. So if you're playing regular or reborn, you're from the Source. Exactly. So the people also were fractured into these shards. They they were, you know, shadows of their former selves, as, as the Asians would put it. Now, Emmett Selk is one of the original Asians because some of them managed to live on, live through, and survive. And their ultimate goal is to bring all of the shards back together to recreate the original Hulk. And whenever they look at people, they see everybody else as inferior, incomplete, as almost almost nothing because... They are fractured versions of what the Asians once were. Now, Emmett Selk is trying to bring them together because they want to bring their home back. They want to repair their home, their friends, their family. And he has no real malice about it. He doesn't want to do it because he's vindictive. He doesn't want to do it because he's hateful. He wants to do it because he wants to bring back what he and the Asians lost when everything was fractured. Yeah. And it's it's almost hard to describe them because they they are humanoid and they are, you know, they they're like people but they're not. They remind me of angels existed before man. They were like a, the perfect being that God had created. Then he That's created man. Analogy. And man is more free in many ways than angels, but he's not immortal, is not perfectly angelic they're finite but also with the story of the angels and fallen angels and the rebellion against god where some of them are turned to demons and devils and stuff like like with satan there is a disp- there is a difference between the two with the essians i look at them as like what angels would be versus what human is but if you allowed the angels to have what fallen angels have which is the free thought and a deep level of understanding of what came before as well they understand where the universe comes from but like the 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 only difference in this respect is this would be what it would be like if you fractured the angel into multiple pieces humanity is effectively one of the pieces of what they once were and they just want that back they want to they want their they want their race to be whole again but it means destroying everything that humanity knows and holds there or everything the um so what eorzeans see as reality would have to be destroyed for them to have their reality back. The the other thing is, they don't care about the collateral damage to bring it all back, because they see everything that is currently existing is inferior, because it's, it's an only... It's affront to their yeah, nature. Yeah. It is a piece of what was once a perfect whole, yes. and they feel like it shouldn't be pieces. They want to bring it back together and, to and be a whole. And they're kind of not wrong in... No, they're that's not the wrong. thing. Again, looking at Christian... There's a lot of Christian mythology in it. They're like... Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden before eating the apple, looking at the world today, going, "What the fuck have you done?" The, the fuck is you know, this bullshit? We lived in we lived in paradise, but one thing separated us from paradise, and that's kind of their that's kind of how they look at humanity, and they look at our world as something, or well, not our world, the world in the game, as this only exists because we are not whole, and this is not perfect. This is flawed as fuck. In fact, these people would be better off if we changed it all. But these people would no yeah. longer exist. <laughs> you know, like that's that's what it would mean. 
It also, with real-life parallels, are you're an army sergeant and you know that a terrorist who's killed thousands of people is in this village. But there are also innocents in that village. And you press that button to wipe him out, knowing that people will die, but for the greater good, in your opinion, you wipe him out. That's how they see the Eorzean people, as for the greater good. Necessary paradise, you have to no longer exist. But you will, while you will no longer exist, a part of you will exist, just not as you know it. You are going to transform and become something else. And like, while while my sort of explanation and description of it all is really non-perfect, it's it's hard to do it without spoiling as well. To be honest, I've I've thrown a lot of spoiler into that because there's no way you could explain any <laughs> of that. There could be a hell of a lot more though, especially with the Emmett Selk story. Yeah. Because he has a personal reason. He, yeah. It's not just to bring it back for him. There's something he's chasing in that as well. Yeah. And like, I've not gone into it all, but my, my secondhand description does not do that story justice because as they craft it throughout the story of Shadowbringers, for Emmett Selk in particular, as they craft it through the, the progression of what you're doing and his input into it, they really build a fantastic weave of story. I would probably go as far as to say, I think it's one of the darkest stories in a Final Fantasy, in the Shadowbringers. It is. And the only story I can think of off the top of my head that is comparable, and I don't know if this is going to come across as a spoiler, is Arden's personal journey in Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, there's a similarity between that and Emmett that with Arden you feel the same thing you're like this guy's kind of justified he's being a dick for the right reasons yeah he's justified in it and his fucking story is tragic as fuck so if you're a 15 fan and you rate Arden highly even if you're not a 15 fan I think one of the main things people liked out of 15 was Arden's story I didn't hate 15 if you're a 15 fan I generally enjoyed it and you like Arden's journey Shadowbringers is a game you're going to fucking love. Yeah, definitely. Because it does this at a deeper level. Yeah, it does it for a whole game. Level. Yeah, it does it for a whole game rather than just a DLC to patch things up so you understand what's going on. So I went to FanFest in 2019, <laughs> and when they were giving off the, they showed off the new trailer for Shadowbringers, like with um, when they showed off Thancred and Ishtola in the new Black Mage gear, <sighs> which was fucking awesome. Oh yeah, boy. He actually said that beforehand, the entire game was always going to be a 16+, plus because that was the age rate they set it at. They couldn't show blood, they couldn't show bodies. Whenever there was a war on screen, you never saw someone die, you never saw someone get hit with an arrow and actually get blood effects or anything like that. They went for Shadowbringers, they threw that out the window and went, fuck it, it's an 18+. plus. Yeah, because they could not do it any other way. Yeah, and Shadowbringers is far less restricted in it than the other And also because they unrestricted the golden saucer. Uh, how do you mean? Because gambling is another reason to make it an 18+. plus. Oh yeah, big 7 reference, the golden saucer is in 14. And you can get the Fenrir bike, which is awesome. It is It is a paid optional extra though. Not for me. It's a fan fast reward. Yeah, alright, alright, show off, cunt. No, so I've uh, got, <laughs> I, I, I just use my Magitek, because the Realm Reborn Special Edition came with a Magitek. The Magitek mount's fucking and, awesome, and I just though. like, I just use it. Like, I've got other mounts, and I still use the one that I've had since the game came out. See, like, I've Which I've you don't got... get straight away. It doesn't let you use it no. to at a certain level anyway, so... Yeah, you've got to be level 20 before you can use mounts. You can get your own Chocobo, which can be your mate when you're running around and doing shit. But, like... I've I've got easily fucking thirty odd different mounts at this point. I've fucking I've I've got so much shit in that game. 
Um, but they just, yeah, they, they craft such a fucking incredible story throughout Shadowbringers. Like, I, I can't praise it enough. And there's a reason that won them awards for the best ongoing game and, yes. like, best story, best expansion type things. Because it's an MMO, it almost does feel like even Square treat it a little bit as, like, its own thing in the corner. It has its own fan fest. They don't do a Square fest. And which they give, should, because I go they, to that too. Which they fucking oh, well, should. I would, I would. It has its own little fan fest. Announcements for the game happen at its own thing. They don't throw the announcements at E3 like they do everything else. Oh, it's kind of the primals concerts. Mate, next one, oh, you're I fucking coming. That. Like, they, they kind of do treat it like its own dirty little secret. And maybe that would change with 16 and Yoshi P being signed on to that. By, by saying... Actually, 14 is fucking phenomenal. Here you go, Yoshi P. Have another mainline that's not just an MMO. Yes. Let's see what you can do with it. But this. here's the thing. When we watched the 16 thing, we were like... Uh, we were underwhelmed. We were underwhelmed, right? But it's probably... The end of the day. And we said multiple times, being underwhelmed by a Final Fantasy game is probably a good thing. Because I've been hyped for multiple that I've ended up not liking. When I saw the first trailer for 16, it There's reminded me of Dragon's Dogma. I'm not going to lie, I wasn't though. disappointed by it. Yeah, but... Like, it wasn't a disappointing trailer, it was just underwhelming. But I'm not going to lie, as soon as I realised Yoshi P's name was fucking attached it's to hope, it... hope, right? There's that, a hope. That now. suddenly put a lot more expectation into me of, actually, I know the effort this man puts into shit. And this th- could be incredible. And there were a lot of fans who have felt a little bit downtrodden by Final Fantasy games since the release of 13. That kind of look at Final Fantasy as a dead franchise almost. As a franchise that isn't going anywhere fast. And as much as I loved 7R, there's a huge portion of it that could fuck the rest of it up that I'm not looking forward to. I don't know what's going to happen here well, and they could fuck this up. And I, I, th- feel, I feel like no matter what direction they're going... The more I think about it, I think that's what they were trying to do with 7R. I think so. They, they wanted to, to get divisive everyone. and talkative. Yeah. And... They want everyone at the point where they don't know what's going to happen. They yes. don't know if they're going to change it completely or make it different. And then they could go ahead and make it the same game and make it the story we all know and love, but they've already tricked us into thinking... Admittedly, I'd love that. There is I'd be one, happy. There is, there, is, <laughs> there is one thing that is 100% canon, and that's Zach's re-emergence. There's nothing we can do about that. I'm hoping it's 100% canon in a different timeline, in a what-if timeline. I'd be well up for that. As a what-if, I'd well, love the given idea. Given that they've just fucking trademarked Ever Crisis, like, could be a new And the first soldier. Yeah, first soldier would that be That has before... to be Sephiroth. No, because he was not the first one. Because him and Jill and, and Genesis, Genesis were, were all soldiers Sephiroth. at the same time. Yeah, but I'm... So this is this is going to yeah, be by, by Crisis Core Genesis was first, then Angel uh, and Sephiroth. I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's basically just Sephiroth's story. I wouldn't mind Angel's story because uh, you don't see very much of it in Crisis Core. Good. I don't fucking. Crisis I'm not, Core is a stain on the Sephiroth. I'm not going to lie. Crisis Core I liked except for all the stuff with Angel and Genesis. It was interesting them doing the whole thing of. Here's who originally had the Buster Sword, and it's not Zack. That was an interesting concept, but I don't think the pull-off was very good. Having uh, and I like having a good these pull-off. people involved in the Nibelheim incident fucks up the story and continuity. They were not involved in the Nibelheim incident. They should never have been involved in the Nibelheim incident. They fuck with the continuity. This is the problem with making prequels. Star Wars did it. <laughs> Microchlorians or whatever the fuck like hang the on only... the force was meant to be magical spiritual now it's science the like, only... now it's in your blood yeah. the only change to the Nibelheim incident that I think makes sense was the one in the mobile before crisis where 
they had yeah okay when you were going up to the reactor with having the Turks with you there doesn't make sense but having a Turk hiding at the door as all the shit with Sephiroth Sack and Cloud and that's going down and calling it in suddenly gives you more sense as to why Hojo turns up the idea of a Turk existing in that moment is when they get to Nibelheim I do expect someone would have orders their mission is to write a report of what's going on well yeah because they're the Turks (laughs) but going back to the story of 14 and Yoshi P in particular, and the way he directs stuff. If you are listening to this and you are a fan of that trailer, and you are looking, going, he's going to save it. This is what I wanted. I, like many people, was sick of 13 and 15. Many people didn't like 12. Yeah. Many people compare 12 to Star Wars. And is this not just Star Wars? It sounds like Star Wars. (laughs) It's the music that really does it for me. There are a lot of people that say Final Fantasy X was the last good Final Fantasy. If you are one of these people and you have that feeling of Final Fantasy X was the last good one and you like the 16 trailer, you should probably be playing 14. Yeah. No, really. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, probably upset a few people here. Um, I I do legitimately think 14 is better than every other Final Fantasy since 10. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, 100%. Like, there's going to be people who are going to be like, nah, 13's better, 15's better, 12's no, no, better. No, no. Like, I'm no, I'm sorry. Personally, I prefer the story of 14 to 10. Like, that's just me personally. I'd put them I on think par, actually. I'd put them on par. I really I've... like the story of 10 because it has a definitive ending point. I mean, you say 14... that. Well, but there is well, a 10, well, 10-2. But then 10-2 is like a side quest. And a book <laughs> where someone's head blows up. Yes, well, that's this is what they do. So this is when I said about Yoshi P understanding his fucking, the franchise he has adopted. Yeah. The people that did 10-2 and the people that wrote that fucking book, the people that made Crisis Core, the people that made fucking Dirge of Cerberus did not understand the legacy of the game that they were inheriting. Yeah. And Yoshi P understands the franchise he was inheriting. He understands with a deep love for the franchise in a way that not many fans even understand it. There are fans of, say, Seven, as we mentioned, the reason we got into Seven in the first place. There are fans who cream themselves at the idea of Zack being alive, that cream themselves at the idea of playing, of Sephiroth being a shirtless, handsome, good guy that they can play around with and enjoy, rather than watching his Descent to Madness, which I'd rather fucking prefer personally. There are people that that are fans of the franchise who simply do not understand the fucking core of it, that do not understand the core of the game. Seven is probably the one with the most of those kind of fans, the shippers, the lunatics, right? It is the one with the most of these people that see Zack and go, best boy. Like, He's a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. So 10, to, 10 is, I like the story of 10. 10 too has a shit story. Advent Children is brilliant in some aspects, but completely unnecessary in other parts of it. Denzel, I loved the, the fights. For the, the time, fights brilliant. fucking phenomenal <laughs> look, CGI. But he didn't work on the original 7, right? Nope. By the looks of it. Nope. He didn't understand what no. he was fucking inherited. Fuck, he did. He did. As what, though? Uh, it was only a, like a character designer or something. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Well, well, should say something. Maybe he did work on the original seven, but scenario the, writer. Scenario. So that meant side quests, little things that happen. Well, no, not even that. He's given the story, and he has to decide uh, how that story works. Crisis as well. Yeah. There is, uh, there, there is a distinct lack, or or 
there is a point where they go, hmm, you know what we did in what we previously done? I didn't like it. And then I want to change. He did 15 as well, so, yeah, so not saying much. There, there, that happens with a lot of people. And like, the remake. Even, even Stephen King does it. He'll write a book that is a sequel, Doctor Sleep, to one of his greatest works, yeah. The Shining, where he will wreck on the fuck out of stuff and be like, why are you doing this? You're Stephen fucking King. Why are you making changes? Why Doctor Sleep is still an enjoyable book? There are points in it where you're like, that's unnecessary shit that doesn't need to belong here. That doesn't need to happen. Yoshi P, and I'll say it multiple times, when he sits down to write stuff for 14, he carries, like Atlas, the world on his fucking back. And that world is Final Fantasy as a franchise. He's carrying yeah. the fucking franchise on his back, going, I don't want to drop this. I'm going to make this work. That yeah. is a work ethic and a mindset that the majority of people who write creatively, whether it be writing for Star Wars and Disney, right? Yeah. Whether it be uh, writing fucking for the CW with the Arrowverse, they do not understand the shit they've inherited. And this is why we get so many bombs. We get people going, we've remade or we're rebooting this project, and then they go, it fucking sucks. But like, on, on the flip side of that, Yoshi P is like the person who did The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian's fucking awesome. That's what I mean. He's he's exactly that. Um, he's another. Name? He's uh, one of the people. Happy who... Hogan, the guy who played Happy Hogan. Uh, oh, in... uh, John Favreau. Favreau, right? He's Favreau. He's 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 the Final Fantasy Favreau. That is what Yoshi yeah. is. He's the Final that Fantasy Favreau. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And fourteen is his Mandalorian to the franchise that has been dropped, and people yeah. have just people in charge have forgotten what these characters mean. That's the problem with a lot of what Final Fantasy has become. They've forgotten or they don't know. Like Star Wars taking Luke Skywalker, the most beloved character in it, or Han Solo, the character everyone thought was cool as shit, and then you get him around to him being a deadbeat dad, right? Or you get to Luke sucking fucking titty milk, and the geezer's just a useless hermit who fucked up and fucking got all these people <laughs> killed because he didn't know what he's doing. When you look at Luke at the end of Jedi, and then you look at what he is, yeah. to what he's becoming last Jedi, I cannot see a logical reason why Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi is that much of a fucking useless prick. I can't see why Han Solo, who's finally stopped being the Lafario bullshit, is in love with Leia, wants to settle down with Leia at the end, has become a deadbeat dad who fucked off on his ship again and ran away. I can't see a logical reason than that, other than you telling us what you used to love was not as good now we're replacing it with our new shit and our Mary Sue characters. Fun Fantasy's very much done the same thing by making Noctis as powerful as he is, by making Lightning essentially a god in comparison to other Final Fantasies of past. It's almost like we need to rewrite the old and say, that's not as good as the new. Never once did we see people trying to outdo the game before. This was just another story in a franchise of multiple good stories where we're not trying to make the other one look shit by what we do here but then that all changes with 13 and 15 our favaro yoshi p our mandalorian final fantasy 14 has not done that and it's kind of restored value in the the name final fantasy yeah no i, I can see that so here's the dumb thing kazushige nojima the guy who wrote Crisis Core and X2 and 13. Before he brought out Crisis Core, he finished Kingdom Hearts 2, which was really fucking good in the series. Yeah. 
Kingdom Hearts 2 was... I just didn't like Kingdom Hearts 1 enough to ever play another Kingdom Hearts game apart from this random DS one that I had. And I only had that because it came with the DS when I bought it and I was like, fuck it, I want to play that. And I loved that. So is that um, three five eight over two yeah, days. Yeah, that's about probably suck- one of the best ones. It's all about sucking salty ice cream. That's what. That's, that's <laughs> the big takeaway of it. Salty ice cream. Roxas and the Reno wannabe. Uh, Axel. Yeah, Axel. Yeah, sucking salty ice cream together. Like spe- speaking of Yoshi P's understanding of the lore and the source material, a really interesting thing is in the recent stuff after the end of Shadowbringers, leading up to whatever the next expansion's going to be, they have brought in the weapons from Seven. So you actually have Ruby Weapon, Emerald Weapon, um, you've got uh, Sapphire Weapon, which we've had the f- all three of those fights against. So you, you get to fight Ruby Weapon, Sapphire Weapon, and Emerald Weapon, and the next one that they're going to be throwing at us is Diamond Weapon. And the the model for Diamond Weapon in the Kingsglaive movie, holy shit, oh, was amazing. that yeah, yeah. fucking incredible. Now... The updated looks for these weapons, they are so well put together, and the fights are fun, but they don't just shove what was on 7 onto screen and basically just adapt it enough so that it works. How about you? We're we're fan servicing, yeah. In in 14, there is a huge thing about them where they're not just weapons from the planet. These are Magitek armors based around the original design for the Ultima weapon. Okay. Which was also a, a Magitek yeah. weapon. In 5.0. So they're using the designs we would canonically see as seven designs, updated versions of, because obviously 15 used them too. But like with 15, they are. So they've merged the two ideas yeah. together. These they've, are Magitek. They, they, they've incorporated them into the world. And yeah, they are They are man. They're effectively manned piloted weapons. Well, the, the, the Ruby weapon fight is another one of the eight man, you beat the shit out of it. It's really good fight. But then it's sort of, there's a second stage to the fight, which works more into the 14 law. Same with the Emerald Weapon, same sort of thing. Now, the Sapphire Weapon fight, now that shit's cool. Um, instead of just being an eight-man fight with other players, it's a it's a one-on-one fight. Because they give you a legendary fucking dug-up Magitek armor suit thing called... I can't remember what it's called. Shit. Um... You're not an expert, Jake. You're meant to be on as the expert, and you've forgotten what it's, it's called. It begins with a G. It's like the G armor or something. Um, but basically, they give you a fucking giant mech suit, because the sapphire weapon is like twice the size of the other two weapons. It is massive. <laughs> and because it's a water-based weapon, you can't just stand on the water with a bunch of your mates and stab it. So you've got this massive fucking flight suit, like Magitek armor thing. And you get this huge one-on-one fight against the Sapphire Weapon, which you never fought in Seven. They, they take it as, like, the different pieces, and they, they adapt it, and they don't just ignore the source material, but they update it, and they do it in such a way that it's new and interesting and appropriate. And, again, f- like, for one who fucking loves all this kind of shit, I'm really looking forward to the Diamond Weapon fight. Yeah, I bet. Like, yeah. big time. Um, they're probably some of my favourite things they've done, and... You get a lot of these fights, you get a normal version, and then you get what's known as the savage version. So that's where the raiding side comes in, because the normal version, you finish it, you progress the story, awesome. One thing I'll say about raiding, because it's something that comes a lot with people. Oh, I'm not grinding, I'm not raiding. It is still optional. Yes. Raiding is optional. Grinding is kind of optional. Like, grinding all the different jobs is optional. You don't have to. As I said, I didn't. I had about four or five things that I... I wanted, and I went and got them, and then I would just use my my guild. And to be fair, the the quests as well, the story quests as you go along, give you armor appropriate to the level. Yeah. The it only shit I was five was guys. 
Yeah. Because I couldn't be bothered to level up to make all the dice. So I was like, or, or then go and find the materials. So oh, like, the true end game. Um, like, motherfucker, I'm just going to buy the black die because it's the only die that I want. Glamour, I don't the want, real end game. I yeah. don't want any <laughs> die other than black die, so just let me get the... Let me buy, just buy. buy a house savage. The, the, the savage raiding at that point, like you say, completely optional. But then if you really want, if you really enjoy it and you want a real challenge... There are lots of people who want to play a game on normal mode. People who just want to enjoy the story. I wouldn't say 14 is necessarily a challenging game that you're going to be dying a lot on. No, not really. But when you start wanting, when you start doing raids, that's when the challenge comes in, where how good you are as a player comes into it. So if you're a fan of something like a Souls game, well, these raids will challenge you the way a Souls game does. That's what they're there for. From from that sort of side of things, so I'm part of a regular raid static. So for anyone who doesn't know, that's a static group of players who come together at regular times in each week to play the raids. I've got a fairly good group, actually. Fucking big shout out to them. Good old Piss9. Eat a dick, Sarge. Um, and big shout out to Tid. I think Tid actually listens to uh, the podcast. Does he? Yeah. Sup, Cree? Yeah, sup, Cree? Piss9 is the um, shorthand for it. Um, but yeah, no, Tid, Tid does our shout outs and things because all the mechanics... Instead of just being, you have to be as good as you can, you have to work with your group. When it comes to this level, if you die, you if, if you're dead for certain mechanics, you will wipe the whole group. And it really promotes teamwork, which is actually a really cool part of that difficulty. So if you are listening to this and you are a fucking arsehole... Probably not for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, if you don't work well with a team... just an argumentative... Avoid it. Douche, mate, not going to lie. Sarge, you're the only, only fucker that can tank as a fucking samurai. <laughs> but yeah, like if you are an asshole and you do not play well with others... Yeah. Give raids a miss. Because yeah. you don't have to. They involve a lot of teamwork. Oh, yeah. the, the near raids is a good point, actually. That's... That's a crossover that a few Fucking people bunker. do. So, go, mentioning back on the crossovers again, there's been a couple of non-Final non, Fantasy yeah. crossovers. You've had the Monster Hunter crossover, which was really cool. Yeah. You got to fight Rathalos from Monster Hunter. And nice. you got the fucking Dragoon armor for in-game in Monster Hunter World. Yeah, Monster Hunter World had the uh, the Behemoth come in. And you get the Rathalos mount if you're playing a Final Fantasy. Yeah, so I played both crossovers, actually. They were both really well done. Man. I will give Square Enix a lot of credit for crossovers. The Assassin's Creed Origins slash Assassin's Party in 15. That was crossover. quite good. It was well, fun. Really cool little that. things, right? But once I got the engine blade in Origins, I didn't play it. I didn't use another weapon. Even though I had stronger weapons, I just liked the fact that I had a Final Fantasy weapon in the <laughs> game. I didn't like my four-legged camel chocobo hybrid, however. Um, that does seem a bit weird. It looked freaky as they fuck. They should have just fucking given him a chocobo. I don't know why it was an outfit for a camel. It was very strange. I suppose they were trying not to go too over the top. You wanted to buy camel? You want to buy camel, but yeah, the but the the Monster Hunter crossover was really good, and the near raids. It's actually a full like twenty four man big raid Whoa. thing, um, okay. and the stories behind it are actually really cool, because again, sort of minor spoilers, but nothing too big. Effectively, in one one of the um, areas in Shadowbringers that you're in. There's dwarven engineers, and they they do fucking all sorts with like making automatons and yeah. this kind of shit. Lally ho. Um, and they uncover a hidden area, which sort of gets shifted because of the end of the story of Shadowbringers, which won't go into that, so people have a chance to experience it. Um, it uncovers all this other shit going on, and you find a humanoid automaton, which is two P, which is the uh, color swap version of two B. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there's this whole quest line you do where you find out a bit more. Then you get to go into the uh, the factory from basically from Near Automata. Yeah. And it's like an old lost civilization thing that's been lost for however long. It's basically the flashback from the start of the game. Yeah. So. And you get to go into that and experience things and learn more. And then you come back after that. And the next one that they put on was known as the Puppet's Bunker. Because in Near uh, Automata, where it blows up and crashes, it crashes down to Earth and then that that's that. In the in the 14 crossover, that's effectively where it crash landed. Oh, right. That's really cool. Yeah. And like it's been there for however long, buried and covered and... And it's been uncovered, and you get to go in and experience it. So the other thing with these are that, like with Nier, they didn't do it when that game was launched. They didn't do it within a year of it being launched. Within two years of it being launched. They did it when they wanted to. So it was not like we need to capitalize on a crossover, and we've got a partnership with someone. It was literally like, can we work near in here somehow? Let's think. Let's and, write a story. And Let's Yoko Taro went, yep. Yeah, yep. Yoko Taro was completely involved. <laughs> it was really funny. Yoko Taro turned around and went, you know, it's a whole big 24-man thing. Should we make it so that if one person dies on this mechanic, they all die? And the 14 team went, N- n- no, that's that's way you too hard. Kill. That's way too hard. Have you seen how shit some of our players are? <laughs> But yeah, Especially they, the DPS. They, they had to stop Yokotaro just wiping an entire fucking raid group because one person died. <laughs> it would have been funny, though. It's Maybe the extreme of, version. It's the sort of thing Yokotaro does. To be fair, yeah. this is the same person who, when they started saying about lewds for 2B and fucking Neo Automata, he went, send, yeah, it fuck it, send them my way. I want to see them. Yeah, get it, get it to me in a fucking zip file with it all in so I don't have to go looking for it. I am gutted because apparently they wanted to have him at the fan fest, but he was only there for the Japanese one. Yeah, because um, because he, he turns up to shit in the fucking Emil masks and stuff. Yeah. right? like he never shows his face. Very rarely. He's such a weird motherfucker. Not gonna lie though, the fucking outfit that Yoshi P came on during the fan fest um, announcement. Oh god, which one? Some of the he's had the sav the samurai one. Oh, the gunbreaker gun, one. Full gunbreaker oh, outfit. Oh, that was so cool. With the gunbreaker fucking actual blade as well. I was like. Yeah, I mean, I I really, really want the samurai robe that he came out with on the one before for Stormblood. Oh, I love that samurai outfit. It looks so good. If I can find you a video, I will, and I'll put it up in the in the chat as well. He did one of the ones from Stormblood, and it was when you're fighting... Oh, fuck. Uh, do you mean... Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I forgot. Biako. Biako. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, right, yeah. He had the four fucking like, Thunder Tiger robes custom made for him oh, and they were like cool. he even said on like before the actual um concept that the rows were custom made for him and only one set was made for him it, it was the same with it was the same with the um samurai robe from stormblood um there was a it's a german outfit and they, company. Make, they make it for the customer and that's it yeah they never they never replicate a thing and they won't copy something no from something else because this was promotional by the developers they did that for him but they won't just copy a design they make custom to order outfits they're, they're fucking incredible i can't remember what the name of the company was but neither can i it's a super talented german company so i've got like a like a, i really want to hit home before we end this i'll start with if you've never played 14 here are my 
top reasons why. Number one, respect for the franchise. The lore is deep. Yes. It is very well put together. There's two full encyclopedia-sized books. Two would be story. Yeah. So we've touched on the respect that Yoshi P has for the franchise. I don't want to spoil the story of these games for anyone. And we did talk a little bit about Emmett and about his story and, and his people. And the Asians and such. The, the, yeah. the, the Arsians. The Arseholans. Uh, the Arseholans. Arseholia! No, right. Yeah. The Asians. Yeah, um, but that, that doesn't give away a lot of the story and a lot of the character progression that goes into it. If you play Final Fantasy games because you like the story, this has an in-depth ever-growing expanding story each individual story does have an ending to as well each dlc as you would call it, expansion yeah is a new story so you do have the traditional storytelling of the beginning middle and end do things cross over to the next one yes do are there some side quests or some things that might get tied up later on and yes but the main quest lines and the main story, while they do actually have an impact on what comes next as well, do finish and do end. Like, to, to give give the short lowdown for A Realm Reborn, the, the basic idea of that story is to build your character. That, that takes you from a random new adventurer at the beginning of their journey to becoming the known hero that you are going to be through the first 50 levels of the game. And you very quickly start picking up a name and a legend for yourself. There's also and a mystery story as well, because you've got yeah. the awakening of the primals, someone's setting them off, someone's fucking with shit, and you will find out who that is. Oh, yeah, and throughout that story is how you make your name. Once you get past that, you don't have the, I have to build a legend for myself, because your legend is already there. Yeah. You are just adding stories. Everybody knows who you are. Yeah. You are making that story. And in number three for me... Of why you should play this game is the music. The music is fucking phenomenal. We just had Susan on, who is, her name is synonymous with 14. And a lot of 14 fans go to concerts she is performing in to hear her sing. Honestly, it's phenomenal. And you've seen her live Banging as well. Boy, yep. So you're, you're a huge fan. Um, so if you haven't listened to the Susan episode, Susan Calloway, she was just on with John and Larissa. It's a great episode. Yeah, uh, they dove into her connection with, with Arnie and the legend himself, Nabua. So she, you oh, know, like, they, dove, <sighs> they dove into her connection, how she started working with those guys. The man, the myth, uh, the legend. She spoke about how she was trained in, in as a young age to become and what how she wanted to be a rock singer that was kind of where she was going and then moved into the final fantasy universe and how she has met fans and how they've been an inspiration for her and how she's carried that inspiration forward with uh scar stories which is like a weekly thing like almost like a podcast a live mm. podcast where people share their problems and how they resolve them which is why it's a scar she's got a single that came out two months as well, which is what Scar Stories is about. Scar, my favourite Scar. Out, like, she, she, she's doing a lot of stuff. She's She's got on her Patreon, if you're a Patreon member of hers. Uh, the link was in the description for that episode. She's doing, like, piano vocal arrangements of other Final Fantasy songs on Patreon, just for Patreon listeners. She's someone who's come into it as an artist, into the fandom, and then has gone, this, I like this. I like this place that I'm at, so I'm going to do more of the, this. From a standpoint as an artist... This world, I like this world, I like this fandom. She's she's doing a lot of that stuff. So the music in this game is fucking incredible. Yeah. And like they they have so many 
good, interesting, and very atmospheric original pieces that yeah. are specific. They've got they've got stuff that is throwbacks to classic Final Fantasy pieces, yes. like the fanfare. Yep. But then when you go into some of the other side content and like other storylines in it. The like remixes I said, you, yeah, you get rearranged pieces from other Final Fantasies that, that hasn't are just been so well done. A single piece of music that I've listened to so far in fourteen that felt out of place. Mm. Yeah, no, they I, all fit. They all fit. They all work, and the rearrangements fit the atmosphere that you're in. It's a fucking incredible, like the amount of work that's gone into this game. That's another thing where people argue about the price. Like, oh, I've got to subscribe to it. You're sc- it's subscribing not that much. Do you subscribe to Netflix every week? Do do you watch a series on Netflix and then maybe not watch another series on there for a month? Compare it to World of Warcraft subscription. Fourteen is cheaper. But no, I'm just. Going, it's, it's not even the price of it. People, it's a continuous story. How many of us subscribe to streaming services so we can continue to watch a continuing story? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's just you play this. Now, I'm not saying I want all my games to fucking suddenly have subscriptions, because I don't. I think it's very few and far between I would pay for a subscription for a game. This is worth your money, because as we said, the person who's running it respects the fucking franchise. Yeah, yes, right? And it's constantly creating patches and up, just updates where suddenly there's 20 new missions added to it. And to be fair, if you like a bit of comedy... They have they have stuff in there that's purely there for levity. Follow the Hildebrand quests through to the uh, end. You I love the Hildebrand quest you line. You will not be disappointed. Have they done one for Shadowbringers yet? Oh yeah. Ah, oh, oh, I need to do yeah. that. So that's my top three reasons for 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 telling you that this is a game you should be playing. Jake, what are your top three reasons someone should play fourteen? Well, I mean, seeing as realistically, I can't say story three times. No. Um. Honestly, I would say story you could say character though. You could say there's lots. Character well, would also be part of. I would say story. I I can't stress enough yeah. how good the story is. the The aesthetic of the game. I, I I'm gonna go with the aesthetic as my number two. The game is fucking stunning. The different worlds, the different environments, the different things you get to see. And you know that's one thing. You're right. You know when you go somewhere new, you know it's new. Like you think about yeah. think about the original realm we born. That a lot of people are, are going to start with. Maybe people will do a skip like Chris did, where they skip the first story. Which I might recommend, maybe if you want to get into the realm we born original to, to, towards fucking heavens. What is long as fuck? It used to be long. It's as changed fuck. now. It's, they've it's streamlined, changed, streamlined they, a lot. They, they have. Down. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But it is still not the weakest. As 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 Jake said, is realm Reborn is you building your legend. Yeah. What you do miss in A Realm Reborn is seeing things for the first time in the way that they're presented, where a mission takes you to a new area, which is fantastic every time you do it. And meeting the new characters and things. Yeah. And like each character has their own aesthetic as well. And seeing them and you see them evolve. From different areas and different places, yeah. yeah. You see you see the other NPCs, the characters that stick with you throughout all of the story. You see them evolve and change and you see them learn. And that's really interesting because you get attached to them, which will bring number three yeah. to the characters. Yeah. The characters within the story, within the worlds. Like you you could go from one place that is you know, very barren to somewhere that's very lush and verdant. Yeah. And the characters in each place are different and unique and varied. But then the NPCs with you, they evolve, they adapt, they they are part of your journey and part of your story. And even an extension to that for characters, which kind of links into story again, your character as the Warrior of Light, in, in my opinion, 
is a fucking incredible story of someone going from nothing to a legendary hero worthy of their name in history. And you are a pure-hearted character, which a lot of games like to play in the grey area. They want to give a character a dark side or a shadow. What 14 does is give you a classic, almost He-Man-esque, you are a force of good. It's not edgy by doing that. Are we not a little bit sick of forced edginess and grittiness in our characters at this point? It's actually almost like a bastion of light, literally. Yeah. You are you are a force of good. Admittedly, some of the dialogue options in Shadowbringers are funny because you get to be a little bit jaded and snarky after the things that you've been through. Yeah. So you can you can say things like, "Oh, you weren't always that great," or "Can can you shut up for once?" Just but, just, but then they've but, added more personal. As you said, yeah. one of my gripes about the game is the lack of personality for your character. But obviously, Shadowbringers has added options, yeah. optional, for you to have personality to the character. Like Stormblood Storm started it, but didn't execute it as well as it could have done. But Shadowbringers was just a, a step beyond yeah. for that. I like the one with the Ishtola, though. I just like Ishtola. Mate, best, best cat girl. Fucking yes, mum. Your top three reasons someone should play this game. So Ishtola's number one, right? Ishtola's number one. <laughs> Viera, number two. <laughs> I mean, bunny girls. Hey. Number three, hentai. I, I always quite liked the way that uh, that Fran talked in 12, and, and I like the way they've done that into... He just wants one of them to nibble on his carrot. That's what that's about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I can't say that on air. Yes, you can. You just did. I like bunny girls. Deal with it. You can chat the Discord later. <laughs> so you're top three. I would say one, the story, because why else you play an MMO yeah. apart from the story? If you didn't like the story, why would you fucking play it? If you want to play an MMO and it's not because of the story, you play WoW. Two. Or ever <laughs> Yeah, good point. Or League of Legends. Because two no, right here. No, that's not an MMO. Dick. It's not an MMO. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah, whatever. The music in the game is fucking phenomenal. Which goes into their understanding of the lore and the world they're building. Yeah, exactly. Finally, Glamour, the true end game. I'm not going to lie. My character looks fucking awesome. I know. Have I ever told you the story of what happened with my original 14 character? I hadn't played Stormblood yet. Then they were doing their big drive, switch over to the PS4 version, and it was everywhere. And they sent me this email going, you haven't played in about a year. You've got a whole DLC and a bunch of patches to play. Here's your upgrade, and here's some like bonuses for upgrading. I log into my account, and my characters were gone. It would show me them. And I would click on them and it wouldn't load into a world. And I just paid to swap what server I was on to join the free company as well. That might have been why. So I contacted Square Enix and said, this is my error. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they, were like, they were like super apologetic. Please start a new character. Not going to lie. Square have got fantastic customer service for that sort of thing. When you get through to them. It does take yeah. a while to get through to them. Yeah, the there way. is a time difference. Once so, they, you know. well, well, also, sometimes it will take a week one thing before they do you well. get an answer from them. But the, you, they will always give you an answer and they're always trying to help. So I started a new character and they said, we can see from your, your data, we can do nothing to bring back any of your items, anything. So they gave me the jump to 60. Yeah. And they gave me um, like the... You know you can max out certain stats when you jump to 60? You can choose... Oh, you can choose a class. Sort you of can thing. choose a class. They gave me like four of those as well for free. So when I came back into it, I had level 60. The only problem is I, I still had to start a game. But I was like, fuck it. I actually need to learn to play the game again because it's been a year I haven't touched it. The only problem I found, though, was people like, you're one of the pricks who's paid for the fucking jump to 60 because you've got the jump to 60 gear. And I was like... 
no, that's not that's not what's happened for yeah. me. I haven't just done that. There was an issue in my account. But I, I found there was a stigmatism there with some people that think that you've come in jumped, paid to jump, and don't give a fuck. And and also because they think you don't know how to play the game. That's the other Yeah, thing. that that's the problem. I've had that as well. Because people just, just think it's like you, you've you skipped just to get into the, the meat of the new yeah. stuff, but like you don't know how the game works. And there is a degree of that. I, f- I think it's probably harder to learn something from being jumped all the way up to a higher level than to do it from scratch. Yeah. But the time involved with that is it's it's quite a time sink. Even if you were someone who wanted to play through a Realm Reborn's story. You don't want to do that with every job. No, but coming into it with a jump to 60 and just just so I can actually experience a story isn't a bad idea. One, you'll get through it a lot quicker because yep. you're going to breeze through this shit because you're and very, very powerful. If you've done it that way, you can solo dungeons. Yes. Because you can, you can set up in your party finder that you want to do it unsynced, which means it doesn't bring your level down to the actual level of the dungeon. Yeah. So you go in at level 60 in a level 20 dungeon. You just fucking murk everything. Including the bosses. That's what um, I, that's what I did when when this happened. Yeah, because you don't need the experience yeah. from it. Yeah, and you can do that. And if if you do it in that way, you can completely avoid other players until about level fifty five. So now I'm going to get to the hard part, which is say something bad about the game. I don't want us to sit here and just suck a dick. We don't no, work no, for Square Enix. No. They don't sponsor us. If you were to say something negative about the game, I'll, I'll start because I've got one straight away. It is. The way in which the character is presented as a silent protagonist for the first two expansions. The third expansion does change it, but you are basically a gonk. You are like kind of a bit of a pleb, and you're a bit of a gormless twat. As, <laughs> you don't say you, much. As you work through it. Don't you kind that. of just sort of look around, pulling frowns, going, huh? like why other characters say everything. That, I would say, is, it, it is, a, it is something that happens in most MMOs. It's very hard to do in MMOs. It's something that even happens in games like the Persona franchise. You play as like a gormless twat. Persona 5 does it very, very well because they they add a lot of options. And obviously Shadowbringers, as you said, adds a lot more personality and options for your character. But up until Shadowbringers, it's lax or not very well done in those moments. Yeah. So that is something I would say is negative there. And as we spoke about before we were off air, I never felt like my character personally was very special. I knew everyone else I'm playing with is also a warrior of light. Now, when you're playing the story, it doesn't say you're a warrior of light, so is your mate. It's not like the life of Brian, you know. You are the warrior of light. I'm Brian and so is my wife. It doesn't do that. It is, I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus. None of that. You are the warrior of light and no other person you play with in your story is a warrior of light and it's the same in their story for me i always had a connection of going they're a warrior of light he's a warrior of light we are all experiencing the same story we are all saving the world that's what star did well i flip a little bit and i think the way they do that side of things is a good thing but that's a personal difference of opinion like i like the idea that they make you the hero other mmos make you a random person. You are a hero, not the hero. And the heroes are the NPCs that are doing everything at the end it, and getting all the credit. It's, it's the suspension of disbelief. And I'm normally yeah. very good with that because I watch pro wrestling. Like I know pro wrestling is fake. I know it, but when I'm watching it, it doesn't. I don't go, this is fake, I'm watching fake shit. I watch it as entertainment that is a real presented entertainment. I know it's 
predetermined, but I don't let that bother me. For some reason, with MMOs, it always bothers me. I can't disconnect from it, and it's a shame, because... I can see why it's harder, because of the fact that when you come across other people and they're doing those things as well, it's hard to then go, but I'm not really unique, because everybody's unique. So everyone being unique makes everyone technically the same, because everyone's unique. Yeah, and like, I wouldn't mind if the game had said, you are one of the Warriors of Light one off if it had just done that when you go into dungeons and you're with other warriors of light it would have made it a lot smoother going forward with mmos i've noticed a trend of them adding more of that kind of story because classically mmos would never do that but going forward i've noticed more of that coming into it and it's something that's happening more and more and i think from what you've said about shadowbringers adding personality 14 is starting to play with that a little bit more play with play with the fact that there are others, like you said, there are ones where they summon the Hades battle, where they summon Warriors of Light from elsewhere. Yeah, yeah they, they summon Warriors of Light from different timelines and different yeah. worlds. And they are just other players, right? They yeah, just say they these are just other players. So I like the fact that they kind of play into the fact that there are others and they're trying to canonically explain why that is. And that's a really cool thing. And maybe that'll be part of what goes on forward. Maybe they'll realize maybe, yeah. that everyone is experiencing the same journey, but in a different way across like a multiverse and that's why we all exist in the same place at once i mean the world did end in a very strange way we are dealing with a story where there is a fracture in what reality used to be in comparison to now is a big part of of the game so bahamut fuck shit up yeah. you were yeeted to avoid bahamut bahamut yeah. was having none of it i'm <laughs> sick of your shit another thing i happen to really like in this one bahamut isn't just a big scary dragon he is a fucking devastating force of nature so that they're they're my negative so move on to chris like do you have anything negative to say about the game i have been in a few raids where some people have been like you're shit at this it's like this is my first time doing the fight one thing i will say is whenever you go into a raid or a fight it does pop up when someone's doing it for the first time it doesn't single them out. It just says... It just says someone's doing this for the first time, so you get bonuses for helping them finish it. Yeah, you, is... you get some players who are quite nice about it, and they will just like, you know, it's your first time, we'll explain, we'll do what we can to help, don't worry if you mess up. But I have but there been are a few times assholes. where I've been in a fight, and I've been the only one doing it for the first time, and they've been fucking assholes to me, and I'm playing a healer. But on the, on the plus side to that, things like FanFest for example, are full of people who love the game, who are very nice people. Yes, who I will you are say surrounded that. by cool as fuck people. A bit like when you go and see Distant Worlds. Yeah. You are surrounded by people who love the fucking Final Fantasy world. It's a bit like people who say who fucking spam PC Master Race. It just pisses people off. It makes people look like cunts, right? And, yeah. And no one likes that. Um, but what is your one thing that you would change in a game? One thing that makes you go, uh, this isn't so great and I wish that was better. I would say for the dungeon finding system, if it's your first time doing a dungeon, pick people that have run it before that are mentors. Yeah, but the way the way the mentor system works is it doesn't have anything to do with upvoting or actually helping people. You get you can give players commendations at the end of dungeons if you think they've done a good job. You can choose not to give it at all. But the way to become a mentor is you have to have had one thousand five hundred commendations from other players. And you can't give it to your mates. You can't just upvote your mates to do it. It has to be from random party members. Random party members are the only way you can get those. So if someone if someone's just playing healer a lot, healers or tanks tend to just get them because they do. Um, just because that's the way that it works. If you're just playing healer and tank a lot, you can get to the point you're a mentor and not have done anything for them. Like, not going to lie, there has been an awful lot of times where I've been playing healer 
done the random duty finds to get extra XP for another class. And it's popped up Orm Vale. Fuck. Orm Vale, for reference, is a very universally unpopular dungeon. It's because it's very low level and it throws a shit ton of poison at everybody. There's two bosses that are effectively like. They're Malboros. Malboro type things. So, bad breath, bad breath everywhere. Oh look, everyone has poison. Are you playing a white mage? No, cool, we're fucked. And the, the other problem is, some of the debuff poisons they give you, you can't get rid of by a healer using Essener to get rid of it. You have to use, like, in the in the boss fight items that spawn to get rid of it. So that's annoying, but then there are sometimes dungeons and raids, much like in normal video games, other non-MMO video games, that are just annoying as fuck. It's like it's like the water level in uh, Legend of Zelda, for example, you know. Oh, basically. so Jake, say something about the game that could improve. I I don't like one of the things I don't like is effectively respecking. So if you start playing the game as one job and you don't like it, whatever get whatever point you get to where you realize you don't like it is when you're going to have to swap into something else. But a lot of them you have to either start from scratch or you have to be a certain level before you can have one of the newer jobs. And then the alternative is to skip to 60, but then you miss out on some stuff. But you also don't know if you're going to like the job you've exactly, And you have to pay the respect into them. Yeah, so you can't exactly test out a new job before you play with it. And you have to kind of go in blind. And the amount of grinding involved... From experience, because I never level skipped anything. Every single job I played from 1 to 80. Yeah. Except the ones that start at like 30 or 50. But every single level I've gained without paying for a skip. I can say for fucking nothing that while it means I have a better understanding of the job than someone who will skip to 60, it is time consuming and difficult to know what you're going to like until you get to a certain point in the job. Yes. And that side of the time sink I think it's a shame there isn't a free way to test it or get a better feel for it before being thrown into it yeah well, just being able to play like a 30 minute little little mini dungeon on your own as a level say a level 30 version of it you just jump it doesn't give you XP it doesn't do anything it's just a test area that's actually a thing that WoW does if you pick it up as a new account, it will give you the option to skip. And if you choose to skip to a certain class, say you pick fucking mage, it will go, cool, here's a test area with a level 80 mage. Play around with it. When you get to the end of the tutorial level, do you like this character? No. Cool. Pick something else. I think it would benefit from that. I mean, me being a massive collector and completionist, I was never not going to play yeah. them all anyway. But that's a that's a different personal aspect. But they could aspect. turn people off, right? So if people get the, fir- yeah. the, bone, the free two, first one or two, what do you get free? Heaven's Ward and A Realm Reborn for free. Yeah. yeah. Up to level 60. You, you could jump on and go... Actually, can you skip Stormblood now? No. It's still up to Heaven's Ward you get free. You, oh, no, like, you can skip oh. Stormblood, sorry, but that's paid skips. So Yeah. You could be like, I want to be a mage. I love mages. I, re- I love I love Aerith, I love I love uh, Lena, like, I love these fucking mage characters. I want to be a mage. You could start playing and go, I fucking hate this game. This game fucking sucks, and then just quit because you don't like having th- the, what comes along with being a white mage. You might b- just be like bollocks. I'm not doing it. 
because the game hasn't given you a test area before you start where you can try everything out. Well, this dragoon has died again. Yeah, Ben on resin. That's that's a fairly popular floor tank. Dragoons are floor tanks, but like, yeah, being able yeah, to see, test out. Dark, Dark Knight is my 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 jam. So. Dark Knights are awesome. Dark Knight <laughs> is my fucking jam. Exactly. Yeah. Dark Knight is my favorite job in the entire game. Not just because I love great swords, but I fucking love the way it works. And it has the best ability in the game, which is the Blackest Knight. That is a massive fuck you to anything hitting you. Ah, uh, hollow ground though. Yeah, but it has like a fucking 800 second cooldown. Yeah, but it's 15 seconds of being immune to everything. 10. 10. Not 15. Fucking hell, that would be OP. But still, no damage whatsoever. I suppose that's another thing that I'd probably say is another thing that can be a little bit iffy at times. Being a blue mage. (laughs) No, I like blue mages. I hate black mages. Um... In All four, right, calm down. In, in fourteen, <laughs> no need for that. Yeah, in fourteen, I don't like the way Black Mage plays. Um, but no, I agree. I think the balance in the game is another thing that can be iffy at times because as they do new expansions, they do new abilities and level cap increases, and the balance goes out of whack a little bit. Or when they they do a new raid tier, they'll realise certain things are more OP for that dungeon, and they're they're constantly tweaking the abilities to balance and sometimes they can balance something through the floor and make it unplayable or the other way and make it so powerful that if you play anything else you're playing it wrong and it's not often that it's such a big issue usually it's a a little bit of a difference making one more worth it than others they did fucking they 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 dropped monk through the floor they did monks dirty they made monks shit same with ninjas but yeah the the balance can be real really off at times just because they're constantly updating it they do constantly update it which is good if they realize they fucked up they will they will fix it but it's just but for some players who are really comfortable with a certain job if that job now suddenly gets fucked it's gonna upset people and they're gonna oh now i've got to use a different class i really don't want to use another job this is the job i like using no, I, I understand. But balance is a very difficult thing for most games to get right. Yes. I mean, Especially fucking hell. for that many classes. Well, yeah. And I mean, look at eight. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's think about it. We're, 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 we are all currently playing Cyberpunk, and there are some things you can break in that game. Yeah. Yep. You can absolutely destroy. Like, in fact, every job or every um, skill in Cyberpunk... You can break. If you go the way me and Jake have done, which is like combat specialist yeah. you are just a fucking absolute machine or like when Tian's playing he's just a hacker who can hack the fuck out of everyone around him like every single avenue unless you tried to be a jack of all trades yeah but even then even then you would still be pretty good you but then I suppose the end of the game is V is like you are the best around. mercenary in town nothing's gonna ever keep yeah. me down you're yeah. the best you're the best around, around. Nothing's ever gonna bring you down. <laughs> That's the, kind of the point. It Apart goes from for. six months later with Johnny in your head, and you know, but yeah, <laughs> nothing's gonna ever bring me down except silver hand. But yeah, I, I, I will admit, I struggle a little bit with finding things I don't like about the game because I actually think fourteen is very, very good. Oh, actually, there's another thing that is an issue. So one of the optional things you can do is housing. You can buy an in-game house for your character, you can decorate it, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Getting one is harder than Dark Souls. (laughs) There's loads of jokes and shit about, you know, buy a house savage and all this kind of things, because it's so fucking difficult to get a house. Because they've they've only got a certain number of housing areas you can get houses in. 
And one of the things that the community has been asking for for a long time is instanced housing so that everybody can get a house. But they 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 like the idea that you've got an area where you can build your own little community in your area and you meet your neighbours and all this kind of shit. Which roleplay servers definitely do, but that's a different thing. Um, a lot of people aren't so fussed about that. They just want to be able to have their own in-character house and say, hey, I've got a house, this is awesome. There's a place to show off shit. and yeah. Exactly, and like one of the things you can get, for example, I mentioned the weapon fights with the ruby weapon, sapphire weapon and all that. One of the things you can get is like a bust or statue of the different weapons. Yeah, like uh, There's a bust of the ruby hat, weapon. Yeah. And it's almost like a testament to the things you've done in the game. And you can have like really cool ideas of like trophy racks and shit. And I was really lucky because while I was at work and the last expansion that gave more housing came in, my other half, I got her to log in on my account and get me a house because I had the money to do it and everything. And I've got a fairly decent house now. <sighs> Hundreds of thousands of other players were not that lucky. And it's that's another thing that's a bit of an issue, but that's more of a different thing. A, we a weird thing that we never touched on, actually, which I'll very briefly mention, which I won't go into too much detail on, is I mentioned briefly crafting and gathering in the game, which is interesting because you can you can create your own gear, you can craft your own weapons, your own armor, you can craft housing items and all sorts in the game. So personally, I'm not into that. No, no. Um, there is going to be a completely different player, people who, who love The Sims, people who love that yeah. sort of shit, people who people who play Minecraft. That that is really what they're gonna love about this game. Yeah, and if if you like that kind of thing, and you're less interested in the story, or you like the story but you want to do something a little bit more passive and a little bit different, that's an option as well. A friend of ours, uh, Katie, she's played the game with us before, um, and while she's fine with the story, she hasn't got any issue with it. She really enjoys the crafting side. Yeah, she there likes are, there that. Are, there are people you see them all the time when you're playing the game. You yeah. see people who are just like stopping and crafting. I mean, they make so much fucking money. Yeah, you, do, in, yeah. you can't make real money because real money trades are not authorized. You're not allowed to do it. Well, you can do it if you kind of be sly about it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in-game money, which you can use for various things and equipment and glamour and cool toys to play with, you can make shit tons of that by being a crafter or gatherer. And if you yeah. like that kind of thing, if you love crafting in games, that's an option for you. You can do it. Yeah. Um, and the crafting system works fairly well. It does. It's not... Yeah. It, it's pretty fucking intuitive crafting yeah. system. It's very easy to understand. Yeah. And there's lots of options and lots of shit you can do with it. I think there's not much more we can say about really jumping into spoiler territory. Yeah. At this point. Um, and yeah. I think we've really given this game a good go. I would say one thing to anyone who's skeptical about playing it. The trial's free. Yes. For, for, it, for it doesn't two games worth for free. It basically. doesn't cost you anything. You can play the entirety of Realm Reborn and fucking Heaven's Ward for, free. for nothing. Literally. Give it not a try. A and you it's can do worth that. at least that. You well, can see, do that on your PC. See, that's part of me going... You don't even need PSN Plus. You don't need a PSN no. Plus subscription to do it on the PlayStation. Or Xbox Live. Yeah, you don't need the live services because... It's on Xbox? Yeah. It's going to be. I don't think it is yet. It's not yet. I think it's planned to be. That, but, yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't need the PS Plus well, subscription. See, that's you don't need any of that. of, That's totally part of my, free. my thinking of if I do start a new account and I do start a new character... I've got two stories to get myself at a decent level, and I know I can do that. 
via those two stories. That gets me to the point where I need to pay where I last left off, essentially. Because yeah. I quit halfway through Stormblood. So getting up to the beginning of Stormblood for free is actually a really good fucking deal because I previously paid for this shit. So we, we can run you through Stormblood really easily. Yeah. These days. yeah. Uh, maybe it's I'll give it a go. Maybe, maybe maybe I'll give it a go. I've got, I've got some free time in the afternoons now because my job's changed. Uh, while you guys might not be around, but I do actually have some free time where I could spend two hours a day smashing through 14 to get myself back where it is. Yeah, you'll get yourself back yeah. up. And I know what I'm doing as well. It's not... Well, yeah. That's the other thing. Um, Another yeah. thing I love for the game, really, is just the fact that it's something I play with my girlfriend. We both play together sometimes. Yeah. Which, a lot and of people nice. do that. And I, it, it's a shame. We had, we had, we're going to have Leslie on, uh, who used to appear at the beginning. If you were listening to this at the beginning of the year, you remember Leslie, he was a cast member who's disappeared now. He actually met his partner on this game. That's a story that not a lot of people can tell. It's yeah. one of the reasons I wanted him on, is so that he could tell that story of how his current partner he met on this game However, now he's too sensational. Now he's now now he's now he's <laughs> now simping ain't easy. That's the problem. He's become a fucking full time simp. And I know he listens, so eat a dick. You fucking <laughs> you simp. I mean, it, it can't be poggers anymore because that's hate speech. Apparently. Oh boy, no, I prefer peggers. Um, <laughs> I mean, each to their own, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed this. I really like this one. I say that often on episodes. I noticed it when I said it on the cyberpunk. Oh, I fucking really enjoyed this. It's a good conversation. But I do often enjoy what we do. I enjoy this. I enjoy this. And there are some topics we get through where I feel uplifted at the end of it. Yeah, man. Anyway, thanks for listening. We are This Guy's Sick. We've gone through some changes. We've got some new members with John and Larissa really getting involved. Um, yeah, we're man. Gonna be big, doing, big shout out I mean, to John and Well Lisa. done to their fucking recent interview. It's fantastic. It's really fantastic. We're going to do more interviews. It glad, may, glad Larissa enjoyed that interview. Yeah, it, it, it may she be really us liked that. interviewing. It may be more an Emmy interviewing. It may be a mix of them and us interviewing. Because yeah, me and John do quite a few episodes as well. Um, you're going to get more of that. I hope you enjoy this episode. Listen, we're going to go get some food. I hope you guys get food too because I don't know what time it is for you when you listen to this. Oh, fuck yeah. me. I've just had my breakfast. But, <laughs> but for us, it's late. So we're going to go get some food. Um, peace. Have a fucking, have a great evening. Have a good one. Ciao for now, buddies. Peace.